Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Under the Radar with me, Sean Hughes. Uh, Carl Donnelly's in again. Uh, like, obviously, after the last one, we had to get him back in because we got a lot of concerned <laughs> tweets about uh, how sad he was. And, uh, and Wayne Deacon, who I really love in the Australian comic, who you mightn't have heard of, but um, you will do because he's an up-and-coming. What age are you, uh, Wayne? 44. Up-and-coming uh, <laughs> comic. Because also we have uh, Dr. Carlos Pant, who's actually joining us from the University of uh, Columbia. And he's... He's, uh, he's been studying ageing. Now, you say you're 44, Wayne? I'm 44. And do you feel 44? I, like, I, I think tw- late 20s. Yeah. I re- honestly feel late 20s. I... What, how do you... Well, I exercise, though. Implying I don't? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> implying. I'm just looking at you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm 48, and I, I've always felt middle-aged, but I've got the mind of a... I, I'm still quite childlike. Because I've never settled down and stuff. Well, we're exactly the same. Middle age, mid forties, no kids, no nothing, and that so, keeps you young. You're looking for McCock. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to step out? That's what you two get it up. No, but and so Carl, you're thirty-two. Two, yes, and you. But yeah, but like I know you like you do go wild and stuff. But you strike me as a very old head and shoulders because you got married quite young and stuff. Yeah, I am. Um, I think I'd, yeah, but now I'm regressing, I think. Right. The last sort of six, nine months are not how any of my 32 year old friends have lived. That's the weird thing, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Like, they're all, they're, most of my friends now have kids and. But did you married. kick out when you're 16, 17, 15, 14? What, go wild? Yeah. Yeah, I did it. I've done it. I did, I did it sort of during my teens, did it very early. Yeah. Uh, but then sort of, I, I, got, I came into comedy like, after I'd had proper jobs and stuff. Right, right, right. So I did proper jobs and. Then met my ex, and then we settled down. And so we did the sort of long-term relationship. That's a bad way to start a relationship, meeting though, when you're an ex already. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really help. No, I mean the signs are always there. But then, uh, then since that relationship ended, I've now gone reverted That's right back to my old yeah. old times. Well, I saw you Melbourne Comedy Festival, yeah. and you and Kai Humphreys were. Eight o'clock every morning. So yeah, we were pretty. Yeah, we went for it. We ended up with matching tattoos. That's how drunk we got. <laughs> I think I saw you the morning after. <laughs> True, so genuine. But I, I kind of went uh, crazy from about twenty-four to forty. Uh, yeah, about, about forty. <laughs> yeah, I when I, I met you was at, towards yeah, the end of your. Yeah, I did. I did probably do five years more than you know when people were going. You shouldn't be in this place. You know yeah. that kind of thing. Well, but I, I did the. Uh, I did a folk festival uh, during the, <clears throat> the summer. And uh, a 65-year-old guy picked me up. Uh, it was Beverly. So yeah. he picked me up at this little train station. So, 65, looks 65. Yeah. And he gets me in the car and he goes, uh, you're probably a little bit younger than me, but... Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm, I'm, like, late 20s <laughs> in my head. And he, he, didn't, he didn't open top car. Oh. I was having an affair with a married woman. <laughs> 65 well, that's, that's, that's more Yorkshire to be fair but there was a thing in the, on the Daily Mail website yesterday about there's a club in Tenerife that is solely caters to people in their like late 50s 60s that go over there and just get shit faced and dance around 
and have heart attacks. Yeah, so they, they, they lose a couple of years. <laughs> Each season, a couple of people perish. We might be able to upgrade you on the way back. Spare <laughs> seats. But, but this is the first time I met you while doing, um, Sean, first time I met Sean, we're doing gigs in Malta, and, and yeah. you'd been given up drinking for six yeah, yeah. months. And you said something that was a, a great thing. You said, Can you I said, was there? <laughs> your shout. Um, was there anything defining moment that you gave up drinking? And you said, I just had enough. Yeah. And that's a great way to give up drinking and a great self-awareness to just say, but, look, it's not it's not doing me any favours. But weirdly, Wayne, then I found, I, I quit drinking for about a year and a half, and then it, that was defining me, where people were going, oh, he's the one who doesn't drink, so now I drink a little bit because yeah, right. I can control it. Can you then, do it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because I, I was never an alcoholic in that sense. I just, like, drank way too much because yeah. I was bored. But yeah. that was a great way of saying it. I've yeah. drunk enough. Yeah. I'm sort of starting to feel like that. I've done enough drugs, I've done enough booze, I've done it. But every now and again, you just go, well, let's just test that theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but no, I, don't, I don't see this, especially like, you know, because, like, as I say, we're quite similar in that sense of like, did you make a life choice of saying, I won't settle down? No, it's just sort of you dabble your toe in there and it doesn't feel right and you get out again. You meet someone and it's like... Uh, yeah, they call one those stands wearing. Don't be, don't be fighting to put... Uh... <laughs> no, but I'll try about every three or four years. I'll t- I was seeing someone before I went back to Australia. And, I, you know, I was only gone six months and she decided it wasn't working. <laughs> what were you doing? Kind of Skype and all that? Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. That never works, though, does it? No, no it doesn't. But, you know, you try it and then it doesn't work. And, and were you genuinely upset when she kind of gave you the flick? Yeah, it's been t- it's, it, it was sort of okay because I was touring. I did Perth, Adelaide, but doing a full tour. But it's a lot harder now I've got back yeah. and she's seeing someone else. Yeah. Oh. So that makes it because every time I come back, as you know, if you tour a lot, it doesn't feel like you've left. So I feel like that relationship is still really raw and she's seeing someone else. So, and she's from Bristol. So every time – and I've been – it sounds like you're stalking her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I organised, I organised, you know, a lot of gigs in Bristol when I came back, thinking that we'd be together. Yeah. So I want to do a residency in Bristol for a month. Us? <laughs> and and did you actually say, please take me back? No, no, no. It was sort of just we, gigged outside our house every night. <laughs> just a lot of flyering. <laughs> this is where I'll be if you need me. <laughs> but and but also, what would you say? Uh, especially with you, Carl, it's impossible. There's no friendship when a relationship like that is gone. Is, uh, there's a time period. Surely, goodness, you're friends with some exes. There's a time period where you just leave it alone for six Oh, yeah, months, I think you should, I think you you should definitely leave it a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're on your dying bed, you go, yeah, let them come in for a visit. <laughs> but, <laughs> in, in, like, it's, but that's the thing, like, you know, you wouldn't be able to, when it's still, like, using your word raw you wouldn't be able to go out and have a coffee with her known because you start talking about our new boyfriend and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah no look we've tried chatting and uh, you know facebook and all that sort of stuff and it just gets nasty quickly also especially obviously if it ends is that when quite you, badly is that when they took you off facebook yeah <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> again but um you know so it's no that's because uh, it is that thing of um it's quite hard because well there's two distinctions I want to make here is I think society is changing a little bit where I don't define myself as being single and I hate when people say single because that gives the impression that you're looking for something yeah. hang on hang on, hang on. I think after the age of about 32 you're no longer single you you go from being single to being never married and there's a difference yeah dormant <laughs> would be a better word okay <laughs> Um, but no, because I think, like, weirdly, I said it on stage the other day. I just said, uh, like, I live on my own. Right. I said, I'm not single. And I said, and I respect all you people who because most people who are comedy shows are couples. And I said, I respect all you people for being in these very compromising 
like yeah. life sucking, you know, kind of relationships. But I'm a maverick, a very, very lonely maverick. <laughs> and uh, so I always like bring it back that I know there's no yin and yang, yeah. you know, but it's it is that thing of people still think, like, and people but, still trying to set you up and but stuff. We do, but we've done the same, we've talked about this material, and I do the similar sort of material. Is that when you say I'm, you know, I'm single, I've never been married, and the women go, oh, and all the guys go, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it's that you feel that difference in the audience. It's fucking hilarious. No, because like my best mate is, uh, he's got two young kids, and it's that thing of if we could kind of balance both our lives together, I think we'd be a lot more happier. <laughs> well, you just take the kids. Well, see, we're, I went on holiday uh, to New York, yeah. uh, and I stayed with a friend rather than staying in a hotel who's going through a messy divorce, and she's got a young kid. And I stayed in her apartment for the week. Yeah. So I was like being a husband right. for a yeah, week. Yeah. And uh, I quite liked that. that. That was actually a very good holiday for me because I took on the responsibility. Yeah. It depends on the kid, though. I just but did it that. doesn't, though. Like, oh, it, it does, is, mate. I just did the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm bed hopping and house hopping and catching up with friends all around Australia. And there's one couple in Sydney, like my oldest friend, and I had to move out after a day. The kids are just driving me nuts. But other ones I can put up with forever. So it depends on the kids. How did you put it to your best friend? I said, these kids give me the shits I'm going <laughs> We're Australian, mate. I'm like, your kids make far too much fucking noise. <laughs> so, so, hello, hello, they, hello, Tom and Summer, if you're listening to me, thanks. But now you've, nice been, you've been away a lot this year now, haven't you? We, I just got back a couple of weeks ago. So what, how long have you been away for? Six, six months? Six months. Yeah, just under six months. So but, but London's your home now, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I sort of do six months here and then rest touring and stuff. But, like, because the thing is, like, I know you were getting quite depressed about the way the work was going in London, but yeah. it went very well for you in Australia, didn't it? Yeah, it did, but it sort of doesn't... It started out well, but then it's sort of... Uh, I, did, I did an hour-long show called Airline Would Walk If We Could, which is all about flying and stories and so forth. Yeah, it went really well. Um, and I made money and lost money depending on the on the thing. But yeah, there's still no traction there. There's still no – I'm not a name in Australia. No one came up and said, Fuck, we need to put you on radio or TV or anything. Are you taking up to Edinburgh? Oh, I was thinking – I don't think I will. Yeah, it's too late now. But <laughs> it's in three weeks, mate. <laughs> when is it? <laughs> it's gone. This podcast's out. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> I did Edinburgh and it was awesome if you saw the review. <laughs> but so are you going to do anything with the show then? Well, um, I think I might, I might try and get in the Soho Theatre at the end of December and film it. Because right. it is, it, it, you know, it's a great show. and I'm very proud. She's saying to that girl in Bristol, <laughs> 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 she'd be more be the one audience. <laughs> but no, what you should do, because like, if you you haven't done any DVDs yet, have you? No, got? no. But have you have you not recorded any of the stuff? No, I'm not really. I think you should just you know yeah, record. I, right. I, know, but this yeah. Is it. I, I think this year I'm actually going to start doing that. So I've, this yeah. is my sixth solo show in a row, and there are five shows before it where I reckon if I sat down and wrote down the material, it's I a remember, good twenty minutes. Yeah. I reckon I've probably I could only remember maximum an hour, hour and a half. Of but do you not five even hours. audio tape any of them? No. Do you? I tape every show. I, well, to, I don't. I can't listen to myself back. Yeah, but you get over that. Yeah. No, I've tried. I try to do once a year. I'll, I'll record a preview about two weeks for Edinburgh just to do my final oh, notes and listening back that's to that I, I can get through it and do the notes and work out what I need to do for the show just for the run but that's the last time I listened to myself that year because what you think you sound black or something in real life <laughs> I, just, I just I find I find the, the concept and the moment of sitting in a room listening to my own voice mental I literally feel like a lunatic but well, that's part of the job bizarrely you know like I purely I, I'm not there listening to myself going aren't I great I sometimes fall asleep 
listening to my shows because <laughs> the rhythm of my own voice yeah, I find yeah. so monotonous but I, I will go oh my god yeah that's a good twist on that right. you know that yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah. I just know I just, I've, I've got this weird thing where I've never watched back I don't watch back anything I've done on television I don't watch back I, don't, I now just don't watch myself because I find it such an odd moment of I feel like what am I doing have who, you ever, who am I have you ever flicked over channels and seen yourself that's freaky and then yeah instantly yeah. change the channel oh it's horrible uh, I've had a worse experience like, I've done about six movies, you know, obviously small ones. Yeah. Two of them are uh, naked. Oh. And uh, basically, there was one film, an Irish film I was doing, That's right? a great response. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine was even worse. But I, I, and it wasn't even a sex scene. There's a scene, like, where basically I'm listening to, this is how old the, my movie crew was, listening to my Walkman <laughs> in bed, oh, naked, and the... Uh, my girlfriend's mother comes in to pull the curtains. Right. And so that's the scene. Yeah. And in the script, it's like about 20 pages in. And so we go to the first screening. It's the fucking opening scene. Oh. <laughs> and I just couldn't relax for the rest. Because everyone's going, there's a macaque, everyone. Yeah. Everyone wants to see that. And then I did another film where, again, it wasn't, a, it was Bakun, the Spike Milligan film. And I had to do a nude scene where I'm getting married yeah. and all I have is my top hat on. And my dad's supposed to come in and go and, by God, she's getting value for money. <laughs> Two things. One, the director and the uh, DOP, the, his assistant, weren't talking to each other, so they wouldn't sit in the same room. So I'm, I'm the only one naked in this whole crew, <laughs> uh, and it's taken twice as long because they won't talk to each other. But at least no one's making eye contact, which would have been weirder. Yeah, but then, then the, the guy who's playing my dad, because he's only got the one line, he's an extra, right? And obviously my... My character is called Pacoon in the film, yeah. so I'm there naked, like just looking at myself in this <laughs> full-length mirror with a top hat on. He comes in and goes, "By gosh, he's getting value for money, Sean." Cut! He's not Sean. That's his real name. Let's do it again. Oh, he did that six oh, times. Six, what, he called you Sean, Sean six times. Yeah. And did so I, now I don't mind anyone seeing me naked. So what do you when you're doing a nude scene? Do you not have a piss for a bit before, so you you got length or? Was there any... Well, like, we're at an age where, you know, you wake you, up in the morning wanting to do a piss. My cock isn't huge. for a bladder. <laughs> yeah. You've got some disembladed liquid. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> well, water I, balloon. I've got to see Carl's doctor because he's very good at handing <laughs> out tablets. <laughs> yeah. Is he? But so, because also, like, how's your psoriasis, by the way? Because uh, being in the sun, that must have really helped it. Yeah, but travelling a lot. You get... Well, this is the, this is the medical part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for ladies and gentlemen who do have psoriasis. Travelling, mate. You've been, Sounds on, great. you've been on too many planes. What are you doing the air hostess voice? <laughs> for <laughs> well it's just the medical part of the podcast uh the sun's good but it's um yeah the traveling sort of winds that down so yeah it's six of one and a half dozen the other but you're looking really good have you been uh are you ha happy besides the obsession with the uh the lady <laughs> <laughs> thanks for bringing that up again i was all right for a little bit yeah well you know no, you good all good yeah all good face your, dem face your demons and so now are you back doing uh club shows yeah just all club stuff just and, clubs up through till Christmas. And are you happy enough with that? Or no, I love it? it. I love the clubs. But after doing the hour show, because I know you don't mind it either, Carl, do you? Yeah, I don't, I don't have that weird, like, not weird, but like, there's a lot of people that, from my generation who started out since the comedy boom who see, see touring as the only thing you want to do. Why can't we just see us all as a, just a, a race of people rather than bringing <laughs> it into generational stuff? That is generational, isn't it? Like, like, my generation of comics have started out with Mock the Week on telly and they see these big touring shows. And I think a lot of people now see touring as the only success story of stand-up like where it's actually it's very hard to become a good 
circuit comet. Well, I so like, I like to mix the two. Yeah. I like to do the circuit stuff as well as my own shows. I think that's definitely a different skill. They make you better. They make you better either way. I mean, I found so many. I mean, you're still even. You know, I was doing Perth, Adelaide, taking it with a with an hour show, which is a strict narrative sort yeah. of thing. Is that you still need your stand up skills and you need to be able to control a crowd and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I don't think. And that adds to you, you know, being able to do a, you know, for want of a better word, a late night junglers or a late night store, you can still bring all that stuff in. You've been yeah. away for a while. But the junglers, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but the danger is what I, I hope it does. That's it, all I'm doing. Exclusively. <laughs> there are some comics I've seen that pretty much exclusively do those clubs and, and it negatively affects their, time, yeah. their writing and negatively yeah. because they're writing to a certain audience rather than just writing for everyone and trying to make it work in each type of room. Yeah. I know I've seen that happen to some guys I started out. Well, yeah, yeah, and especially the hens and stag nights. People get so you know worried about that sort of stuff, but you just write jokes for hens and stags, and you write a you write a late night set, and then you write your other set. I mean, it's but we, it's what we, we were do. talking about uh, like, and we mentioned it in the last podcast with you about you just mill around the house. But when what's your day to day? Because like, it, like I think to be a comic. If you don't, if you start off a little bit crazy, but you go a little bit crazier because you go, I basically describe it as we basically spend all our days reflecting on things and then, yeah. you know, just telling those people. So how are you getting on mentally, you know, with those long days? Oh, look, I just watch repeats of The Professionals most of the time. See, now, I would kill myself if I was doing that. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I honestly routine, I'm up by 9.30 and then I'll try, I'll sit down and try and write for an hour or so. And, and whatever happens. And don't be too disciplined about it. If nothing comes, nothing yeah. comes. You try and write, then gym, then catch up with friends for coffee, and then gig that night or, or go out on a date or whatever. But, yeah, I, I try and at least sit down for See, an cause, hour. Because that's the weird thing, because I wake up every morning at six. So my day could be finished by half eight. Yeah. With things I've had to do. And that's a long day then. And so I was just – because, like, I know that – because you haven't got any hobbies. Because like, I know Wayne paints. Um, no, I don't really have – Hobbies as such, no. I do like meditation and stuff. Though. Well, you, you so, play golf? Oh, yeah, not so much anymore. Okay. Um, but no, I do well, think... proper meditation? Yeah, I do meditation. Or napping? No, 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 no meditation. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't been for a while, but I used to oh, actually... Oh, you actually go to a class? I used to actually go to guided meditation, but yeah. I, I also do it on my own. I'm That's quite, napping. quite good at it. No, no, sitting upright. <laughs> my eyes shut and eye mask. <laughs> but how long but do see, you meditate for, though? Well, sometimes you meditate for like a good hour. Really, have a real go. Really get into it. And so you're 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 spending a lot of your time in the gym then. Not a lot, but you know I'll go to the gym at least for an hour a day. But then right. I cook as well. So I might spend like an hour working out what I'm going to cook, and then shopping, and then. So did you say now working out? What are you going to cook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we go through recipes and work them out, and da da da. So did you say you spend an hour? Yeah, yeah. What you <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> so can we just clarify that, Wayne? You spend an hour going through going recipe through books. Right. Okay. Going through. Yeah, and yeah. then you learn how to do and it. And then you paint them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, you know, no, because, like a fruit. Like, because it's that thing of, like, I think what we do is quite valuable in the sense of, like, we give people a laugh, but... Just lately, and because I've got the time, I, I've decided to actually do practical stuff, so I've started working in a soup kitchen. Right. And, uh, and like, even though, like... It's, it's weird, really weird. I felt quite. I kn I knew it would be that case. I felt really good about yeah, of course. it that I was actually doing something yeah, yeah. for people, and it didn't help that the guy who runs it recognised me. So he was going around going. He was going around to me going. This guy's famous. And they're going. I don't know who he is. And I'm going. I practically don't know who I am. Can yeah. you stop saying that to people? But it was really weird. It's like been on the telly, we're homeless. We don't have television. But weirdly. Like, homeless people are always the first to recognise me. Really? Like, but it's not necessarily homeless people. It's just people who are kind of out of the system. Yeah, yeah.
system. Yeah. So they so from TV or just from an USB piss. It could have, it could have been anything. <laughs> yeah. But there was one. Uh, there was a couple of weird things that happened. Was uh, obviously a couple of old Irish lads going, "I know you don't, I," and uh, <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, yeah, all right." And then, but then this really weird thing because there's a lot of drug addicts in yeah, there. Yeah. And, but and so the guy said, just to be careful, sometimes it kicks off because mm. they're really emotional. And it did kick off. Like someone ended up crying, but it was one of the volunteers because oh. she was going through a really bad time. And apparently, God love her, her daughter had died last year, and so I just saw her in the corridor crying. And I yeah. said, "Are you all right?" And she's the one I had to comfort. Yeah. None of the homeless guys, because <laughs> like she said, "Oh, someone just asked me, have I got kids?" Oh. And it set me oh, off. Right, right, right. And I had to take her outside and give her a cuddle. Yeah. But that felt better than telling her a joke. That's for sure. Yeah, of course. But then, then this really weird thing, like. Uh, I, I did a program in the 90s, Sean show, right? Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of uh, quite, like, like kind of uh, rough-looking black guys in this thing. And, uh, you know, and yeah, you yeah. go up and go, do you want this? And you know, like this. And then this guy comes over to me and goes, uh, can I ask you a question? And I thought it was like, you know, can you get me some salt or yeah. whatever? And he went, whatever happened to the spider in your show? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just the weirdest surreal thing. <laughs> And you know, I did. I went. Yeah, he's still going wrong. Yeah. It's one of those things. He just wanted to say that he didn't want a conversation. So yeah. I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go now then and uh, get you some more bread. But but I'm going to do that every week now when I can. When I'm not it's, working. It does. I mean, I did um, in New Zealand when I was at the festival. I did some workshops with young, sort of disaffected youths, just like. Now I can understand why you don't listen back to yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, and it was just really good. So you come away from it like, oh, it's actually, so what I did, should spend my days doing that stuff. So what did you do with them? Well, then? no, because so, like, they just, it was, they, was they, they were young and they did part of a course that does different things for them. One of them was like doing comedy or seeing if they were interested in comedy. So we sat down with them and some of them had funny ideas. So they'd get, we'd get them to get up and do it. And was it in a class? It was in a sort of, it was in a little uh, theatre that was obviously during the day. So there was nothing on. So were we they sat around. Kids or, we, huh? Were they marry or some of them were married? Yeah. yeah, and uh, and we just talked through what they like, what they like talking about, and sort of and just got them out. and just said, "All right, go up and just do it as if it's a routine," and they'd do it, and then we'd sit around afterwards and tell them how, like what you know how that could work as a. And, and some of them were really using, funny. You're using a lot of that in Edinburgh, that stuff that yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be stupid enough to tell me. <laughs> But, you know, wouldn't it be great if, like, because uh, years ago, when you're talking about generation thing, and you wouldn't have been here, you know, we tried to start a comics union. We all got together in a room. You disgusting communists. I know. Unbelievable. But been, that's been kicking around. Yeah, it still kicks around, that yeah. idea. But, but especially never... when, uh, like, for circuit comics, when, like, promoters haven't put the money yeah. up for ages. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you just go, like, because if all you just go, no, none of us are playing. Then it's like you know, because yeah. you'll always get someone else going. I'll do it for nothing. Yeah, northern. But so, yeah. but rather than get a union, wouldn't it be good? Because we have a lot of spare time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if there was some sort of an organisation where they could ring up uh, a pool of comics and say, "We need someone to do a workshop. We need well, someone yeah. to work in a yeah, soup yeah. kitchen." Totally. And we'd all be really happy to do that as well. Or even you know, painting someone's back porch or something. You're pushing yeah. it a bit. There. <laughs> <laughs> But you always have to spoil my little dream. No, but I agree. I think um, comics should be doing more with their free time to actually some something positive rather than like spending an hour working out what you're going to cook for dinner. <laughs> that, that's Not even more. That's just fun. looking at the recipes. That's great fun, though. But well, also, I worked so hard to get here. Like, I was driving trucks. I'd be up at 4.30 in the morning, driving trucks till 6 at night, have an hour To sleep. get here today? No. To- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for coming in, Wayne. I really appreciate that. You, I'll paint your yard. <laughs> but, you know, I work so hard to get here to be able to, you know, get good enough to come yeah. over here. That 
now I sort of feel like, hey, I work an hour a week, and I literally work an hour a week. Just enjoy it. I don't know anything. I know, but like I can tell that from you saying you watch the professionals and stuff. But I, I go slightly crazy. I get bored. Do you not get bored? Yeah, you do get bored. But you know, yeah, you, you've all got books. those recipes. Yeah, I've you? Got, you know, I can get. You know, there's always a laxer that you haven't seen before. You know, some shellfish instead of you know. So tell fish. me, what did you have for your dinner last night? I had pizza. I was I was, I was hungover yesterday. That doesn't right. count. So that wasn't the one you made yourself? No. After all that <laughs> you had a pizza. Yeah, but I've been on a bender, though, so that doesn't count. And was there a reason for the bender? A Sunday. Right, so... Uh, it got that- dark. Right. So I thought I'd go out, get off my nut. So did you just that was just one of your occasions? Yeah, no, I'd, you know, I'd, been, I'd been good all week. But do you find um, as you get older, like <clears throat> you, you drink less even in the binge because you know your hangover's going to be worse? Oh, no, I'm not self-conscious at all. I don't, I'm not self-preservation. I just go hell for leather. But see, this is, a, like, I respect that about you, and I, I kind of, do you mind if I talk about what happened to Malta? Oh, I can't remember, going. Well, no, just that thing of, uh, <laughs> he did a real schoolboy error. Yeah. Wayne did, of inviting a girl uh, <laughs> from, the, the... to Malta from Dubai. Oh. We got Kate to uh, Yeah, go yeah. for life. No, because then it was one of those things that we were there for, two days and I could tell after an hour away was going wish this girl wasn't with me oh no <laughs> it was like three days I know yeah yeah but like, why I just didn't why no, she, she didn't live turned, up she to turned up drunk I, I said to her look you know I don't it's um it's some promoter friends that are running this gig and there's a couple of comics I haven't worked with before so just be cool so yeah. she rolled up steaming <laughs> drunk <laughs> steaming drunk at like five in the afternoon and just sat down and just started talking at everyone oh. I'm just like oh god all I could just say Wayne th- looking at his, look at his, at his 36 oh, hour watch no. <laughs> doing a countdown with a digital timer <laughs> just knowing when when's your flight again <laughs> yeah so that's how we met and just Sean laughing at how bad it was going to be but no, but it is like we all make those terrible mistakes in life. But that's but but I think you wouldn't make those. Well, I guess that wasn't that long ago, though, was it? Yeah, it's last year. Sometime. Yeah, you should have known better at your age. Oh yeah, you do. But you you, you sort of judge at me. Think, well, it can't go that bad. D- it does, but it shouldn't. Because like you know, you're a good-looking fella. So do you still like you know go for ladies after the shows and stuff? It, I, I think you get over that. I think the last four years, I haven't really done that. Well, that's because the woman in Bristol, but that's not happening anymore, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think – no, well, that was only sort of six months. But, no, I think you get uh, – there's no upside to that. There's more of a de- – the yeah. old – I think it cut off about 39, 40, where there was just no uh, – there was just no upside to it. Right. Because you go out with a girl after a show, 10 minutes after you've been on stage, you're just nobody. And then you're out with this girl who's going – they either say two things. They either say, A, I thought you were beat. You'd be funnier, oh. <laughs> or B. They say when you are being funny, they go, "You're not on stage now. You don't have to keep trying so hard." But so there's no upside. I'd rather not get laid than have to put up with that. But shit. it's even like not even with women in that sense. It's just that uh, again, like back to the soup kitchen when this yeah. guy was telling him when I was a comic, like this guy was saying, "Oh, I can tell you some jokes." I'm going, "Look, I don't do yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah. Please stop." And like people, and exactly what you said when not even on a date and stuff, just friends would go, "You're not on stage now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go, "Oh, shut the fuck up, would you?" Yeah, I go through stages of that not bothering me and then sometimes bothering me. Like, I'll just that's, cut that's people off. I don't over. do jokes. I don't care. Just shut up. And you know it's going to be the most yeah. racist joke and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I, but I don't get that much of a buzz after shows. And I never but have. When so. do you suffer fools though? 
I'll put up with them. If, if, if they're having a good night and they come up and they're just happy to meet you and they go, oh, God, I enjoy that show and da-da, I'll do it for a bit because it's their night and they've had fun. But if they're just trying to, you know, you get the ones who are just trying to egg you on. That, you know, the ones that get a little bit pissy because you're funnier than they yeah. are and they'll just try and show you up in front of their girlfriend. I'll cut them off. But if it's someone's having a good night, you know they've, you know, they've got babysitters and haven't been out for ages and blah, blah, blah. But it must be, but I'm not a name, but it must be different for you. They're paid to come and see you. Well, like, again, you're right. You can't right. be tighter for you to be, look, I'm on, my, I'm on my bike now, I'm out of here. Yeah, you're, you're right about, it takes, it varies on the mood. I remember, like, it's like that terrible ego thing that we all have. And I don't mean we've got inflated egos, yeah. but I remember I did a show in York, and a brilliant show, you know, I just really enjoyed it. And we went to the bar next door. Mm. And there were some people from the show there, yeah. you know, and they were going, I'll really enjoy the show. And I'm very happy to yeah. hang out with them and sign autographs. And at the time, I was doing Coronation Street, right. you know, which I'm not a big deal, but it is the biggest program in England. Yeah. And, uh, and this is what I mean when people get you in the wrong mood. This guy at the bar, real surly looking guy who wasn't at the show. Right. And they're going, do you know, what's all the fuss? And they're going, oh, we just saw Sean Hughes. He was brilliant. He says, I've never heard of him. <laughs> and I should let that go. And I go, I'm on the biggest uh, show on television uh, at the moment, yeah. you know, and I'm going, why am I defending myself to yeah. someone that doesn't even pay in to see me? And then I hate when you end up doing stuff but this like is that. The interesting question. That's why I, I've always, I put a rule in very early day doors when I started out. I just, I get out of the gig as soon as yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I never hang out, never, you no. I've, I well, can't, I can't even, it's so rare that I would be hanging around in the venue. If I'm at the venue having a drink after the show, it's in the green room. Weirdly, that's what I used to always do, but on tour now, I sell uh, a poetry book and a DVD yeah. and it's great I do this joke about it's like my encore where you can just walk past me as I'm there with the pen <laughs> and go alright mate <laughs> and, uh, and they get to do that you know yeah. slag me it, off but it is nice actually to meet because yeah. they're proper people who want to buy your stuff I, do the, stuff. I yeah. sell DVDs after the gig as well and, that's um, what I mean it's nice it, to it's meet it's a really those. it's funny too is, is that they'll mention stuff that doesn't get a big laugh that they enjoyed and yeah. it's always the stuff that you enjoy yeah that's, that's lovely it's a weird yeah. it's, and that's great and also the fact that after a while, when you do stand-up all the time, is the audience amalgams into one. They're just one big blob. So it's good to actually sit there and meet people. And as I said, they've got babysitters. They've gone out yeah, and they really, yeah. you really have had an effect no, but on But that, that's a beautiful moment when someone just says, oh, I like that thing you did. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking of dropping it. And you're going, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah don't yeah. be going for the and big it bars. happens more often than not, doesn't it? But you were saying, Wayne, that you, you were about to say, I've got a big question. Yeah, does it worry you? And, and, and not Everything so, does. Not so, much you, not so much you because they've come to see you. But if I'm looking out in the audience and there's half a dozen people that don't think I'm funny just sitting there with their arms crossed... I, I couldn't give a fuck. Does it worry you? I, out of the whole last year's tour, uh, I enjoy, all the shows went well, but there was one show in Lincoln, and it's a two-hour show, bearing in mind, with an interval, and there was two big Geordies sitting in the front row who just stared at me for the whole thing, arms folded, yeah, like with hatred in their face. <laughs> and there's, there's a little bit I do where... It was a show about my dad, and I'm doing a little dramatic piece where right. I don't even know what it is, but going, I can't hear you, and like, you know, something yeah. like that. And the guy going, I wish we couldn't. Oh. And like, the fact That's that he dick, said though. that, but they said it like in a whisper, yeah, so yeah. they weren't, no one else oh. could hear it. I, I thought, well, they'll leave at the interval, and they didn't. And I swear, it was one of those, and we've all been in that situation where I did the gig where I just went, you know, out of their yeah. eye contact and did the yeah. gig to everyone else. Yeah. But I will never let that happen again. They, and at the end of the two-hour show, they folded their arms. They didn't applaud. 
You know, I'd applaud yeah. anything for two hours, but I, that was a life lesson. That was only a couple of years ago. If that happened to me now, I would just go, stop the show. And I've done it since. You two, fuck yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your yeah, money now. I, yeah. I, You're not my, destroying this night. When I did my tour last year, and I did, I did two halves, so I'd have like 45 minutes break, 45 minutes. That's a game of football, Carl. I know, it's a long, it's a long old show. But then anyone I'd picked up during the first half who obviously had come just whatever they'd maybe they'd just come to the theatre regularly whatever uh, and they didn't know who I was if they weren't enjoying it if I could see they were people that had no idea and just hadn't got into it yeah. at the end of the first half I'd always say like guys if you're not into it at the break yeah. you're totally cool to leave it won't upset me you know it just didn't work out between us but everyone else hanging around would have a better time if there's not people around that ain't enjoying it yeah I keep telling you I, I, I go and you get your money back? No, not at all. I said you ain't getting shit back. You made a decision, but <laughs> you made a bad decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, but I, 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 I never take it personally. Yeah, I, I kicked someone. In. I was doing Adelaide Festival, and I had this sixty-five-year-old who just wouldn't. Everything you said, he had to say something. I said, oh. "Look, dude, just, I'll give you. This is your last warning." And then he just stood up, and wouldn't leave. So now I'm in a shouting argument halfway through my gig, trying to keep this. He well, that's a different no, thing. Yeah. If, they, I, luckily, if they're vocal, I, then yeah, yeah they just fair can't game. believe that. You know, people talk about us being. Yeah, you know, they're so privileged. They, I had a lot of older people in, and they just think that. Well, yeah, your age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, eventually left. I got what? Luckily, one of my flyers was there. You know, we've all got that, but like, it's weird. You don't know why people are coming along. But we've got slightly off the topic. It was aging. I think we've all aged quite a bit during that. <laughs> but uh, now, Dr. Carlos Panther, uh, thanks so much. I'm sorry we've ignored you uh, throughout. We haven't ignored you, but we went on to talk about different things as ever. But. Now, you've been studying uh, ageing for quite a long time. Can Are we in a situation now where actually science can make people live longer? Well, in fact, scientists have discovered that a pheromone secreted by the nematode worm uh, called Damone, uh, which, uh, when fed to elderly mice, uh, can increase their life expectancy by up to five months. Really appreciate you coming in, Dr. Carlos. Um, you've been listening to Under the Radar with Sean News. Thanks, Wayne and Carl. It's a Dogs in the Field production. Uh, see you again.